So, as I mentioned, then it is my honor and my pleasure to be joined in studio by the legend himself, uh, Mark Williams. I know that the word legend is sometimes loosely used, especially in football. Everybody is a legend these days, but uh, not when you talk about Mark Williams. This is a man that helped us win the Africa Cup of Nations, Mark. Mark, you're laughing. Am I am I wrong? <laughs> no, good evening to you. And yeah, thanks for having me on this. So you, you talk like that. It's like the other day people were asking me, why is there so much legends? And I said, I don't know where they come from. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's just a sort of a word that sometimes when you mention it, people are like, okay, so he's one. He is a legend. He played one cap for Bafana yeah. and he scored the goal. So I don't know what legends is, but... Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> you are definitely a legend, Mark. That we know. As Mark, we are celebrating or looking back at 24 years since the AFCON uh, triumph in 96. As someone who played there, does it feel like it was 24 years ago? Well, to be honest with you, um, it's almost like it was the other day. You know, when, when things are meant, I don't know. A lot of times, uh, you know, we talked and we praised uh, God and things like that. Um, I was a very spiritual man and believing in, you know, whatever you do when you're young and you whatever you put out and you believe and you see that dream and then you can live it. So for me, it was it, it's like it happened yesterday because when people talk about it, like I still get the goosebumps, I still cry. It's almost like I still see Madiba's face there when I score the second goal. So it's just something that keep on rolling. And, and I believe they say miracles, not um, memories is what make you live longer. Yeah, and people never forget how you make them feel. On that note, Mark, don't you get tired of people calling you to talk about AFCON 96? Or is it something that you've embraced as, 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 as an event that shaped your life and you're one of the chosen ones that can tell the story? Yeah, you know, there's two sides of looking at it. Um, I mean, I said, um, especially when I played uh, for Bafana, that time it was very special, you know. Um, I looked at it from 95 when the guys won the Rugby World Cup. Mm. And then as a kid growing up, I also said that one day I wanted sort of, if I can, I want to play for my country. I don't know what it was, but then, you know, it, it, I would, was so grateful that soccer came in. And then obviously a week before I came to South Africa to play in the AFCON Cup, a Wolverhampton Wanderers Wolves, yeah. uh, the coach was Graham Taylor. He offered me a two million pound in a trio contract not to come to the AFCON Cup. Oh. So I don't know what that is, if it sort of answer your question, the decision that I had to make and say my country comes first. Whoa, Mark, that's an interesting story. So would you then say winning AFCON 96 changed or shaped your life in any way? Well, I would, I would think so, but you know, it's like people in your own country, some of them don't even have respect that are part of the game, doesn't have respect for the people that, that had achieved things in, in a sort of higher rate. I mean, if you've got so much uh, knowledge about the game, not just playing for Bafana, but playing in so many countries, there must be something that you can give back to the youth. But if they don't use that potential, it just dies with you. And that's a sad part in South Africa, in mm. soccer especially. Mm. And 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 are you still in touch with most members of the class of 96? I know the Springboks that you've just mentioned, the 95 class is a WhatsApp group. Yeah, well, I, when I see it on TV, you know, I've, I'm asking myself, why can't we do it? But yeah, um, I'm still I'm still much in touch with a lot of them. You know, we speak on a regular basis. We play golf together. Uh, sometimes we meet at funerals. So, mm. yeah, you know, um, some moved on, but just remember, I'm also working. So I meet uh, Eric Tinkler, the coaches, mm. you know, and things like that. Yeah. Some people say that the work that you're doing now, uh, the doors were opened by that success in 96. Do you agree with that? Well, Especially before, the TV work? Yeah, well, um, that's, that's, that's one way of looking at it. I, I mean, I, I could be saying that... Um, 
you know, people will say, do you deserve to be there? I mean, you're from South Africa. You have to tell the stories and with the stories come knowledge. I can't sit there and, and super sport and watch pictures and talk about it. I must talk about experience what as a player that played the game and that what I should think another player should do when he is in that situation and don't bring them down, but sort of bring them up and try and tell them that this is what I did to achieve in playing in so many countries. And the message is across by bringing that where I am at the moment. And how do you find TV? I mean, you've been doing it for years now and the, and the analysis and a lot of people enjoy watching you on TV. Did it, was it something that got you out of your comfort zone or was it something that you would have probably wanted to do after your playing days? Not really. At, you know what? Sometimes as soccer players, we don't even think about after that because, you know, you earn money, you're investing, you're doing this. You're not even worried about that. And then afterwards, you're like, wow. <laughs> It's 10 years, it's past, what can I do? <laughs> you know, uh, am I a mechanic, am I a medic? And, and remember, do I go into medical? Do I? And, and, and remember, a lot of us, um, I always say that it's not the most successful players or players that came from a golden spoon. It's people mm. that came from the grassroots that had success in all sport, from baseball to soccer. So for me, that never had sometimes food on the table, that, uh, that, that I didn't know where the bread was coming from uh, tomorrow, but adding this sort of vision and this belief that God gave me a gift and made millions that I could share with my family. And um, then you just say thanks for that and you live life as a normal person. And there's nothing special about me. I like it when they talk about it. We can make jokes about it. But uh, maybe like Mourinho said, he was a special one. I thought oh, that day was, was meant for me mm. um, to, to score the two goals. We're going to talk about uh, those two goals, but I want to get this out the way, Mark. How do you look back at your overall playing career? I mean, you played at Wolves, you played at Corinthians, you played in Belgium, uh, you played for Chiefs, obviously, Swallows, uh, Cosmos. You were wearing a Cosmos top there. I thought you were wearing a a, a Cosmos top. You were at Hellenic. You were at Sundowns. Yeah, at Sundowns also, yeah, 91. How do you look back? Um, well, first of all, from from being from Cape Town, you know, um, as I grew up and playing for Lenik, you know, I'm from uh, I'm basically streetwise, and streetwise is just <laughs> po- basically we call it ruler area. You know, that's how we look at it, and we want to make sure that we survive in it. And um, I looked at football and say, wow, why is it that the people in Joburg, I think, when they walk onto the field. They walk with the chest out that confident way. Mm. When I see the Pirates guys achieve the sundowns, and then I look at my team and they're all with the, the shoulders are down, not confident. But there's one or two ways of looking at it. <laughs> because in Cape Town, you know, when you play as a soccer player, uh, there's a thing called signing on fee. Mm-hmm. You get a salary, then you get a signing on fee. Now, over the years at the Linux, there was talks about players getting it. <laughs> And they, they even set me up and say, hey, there, there was this guy called Mr. George as a darkest. He had mm. a 7-Eleven. Yeah, 7-Eleven. So we would have in the morning come their place, would say, hey, my boy, don't forget that. When you go in there, Williams. Mm. So I went in there. The first thing Mr. George said to me, Mark, but he had a strong voice. He said, you know what, my boy, you're the only one who's getting 100% increase. And I was earning 200 rand. <laughs> and um, I work it out. I'm like, okay, 100. I'm thinking myself, maybe three, four, five. He said, that's 250. Um, I said, thank you, Mr. George. And um, he said... Was this in 1992? 91. Uh, 91. 91. 91, yeah. All that thought, we just want to take a quick break and we'll let you continue this. <laughs> at SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter.
My goodness, I've just checked my tweets and I didn't realize there was so much interaction here. Uh, people uh, just interacting and commenting about Mark Williams. I'll get to your tweets, but Mark, we were just tracing your journey because I know a lot of people talk about your times at Bafana Bafana, but you really had a checkered career here. You were telling us about your journey from Hellenic. Yeah, well, uh, on that case, uh, so 91, I, I mean, I was a top goal scorer at Hellenic. And then while I was speaking to the the, the, the boss, Masai George, as a doctor, I said, I want, um, he said, Mark, you're getting this, but you know what? I said, Mr. George, I want the signing on fee. So he asked me, he said, did you add a pie and a Coke? I said, yes. He said, that's your signing on fee. Oh. And um, yeah, well, everybody was laughing when I told them that. But um, I didn't sign the contract. I stayed out for, I think, five months. Mm. And I got a call from Khaled Passmore. Mm. He was then the, the, the owner of Black, Black, mm-hmm. Blackpool. And he invited me to Joburg. And he said, look, I want you to play for this five, the last five months. And I said, to no problem. And Lenik wanted 80000 then yeah. for paying nothing for me. They wanted 80000 for that five months. And um, he said, he can't, he's not going to pay that type of money. And on my way back to the airport on a Sunday afternoon, uh, Cosmos was playing in Durban and Jomo came from, uh, um, they were playing against Amazulu. Mm. And Cosmos came and Jomo asked me, he said, here, here, where are you going? I said, oh, I was here for trials. He said, no, man, what's wrong? I said, well, um, I'm not playing. And he said, I must go with him to the hotel and then stay. He's going to make sure that I play. And the Tuesday I signed a contract with Jomo. And I remember that, you know, he asked me how much I was getting. And I said to him, I was getting 2,000 rand. Mm. And he looked at me and said, well, that's not what they told me. I said, listen, I don't care what they told you. But I knew I was, get, I was earning 200. <laughs> and, and Joe was probably listening to this. But yeah, this is football players, but Joe. And um, uh, I said, I needed a signing on fee. And for me, if I could get 5,000 or 2,000 mm. hours, you know, and I said I wanted 25,000, hoping that uh, Jomo said I mustn't write 25,000. <laughs> but he gave me 15,000, and I think that was it. Got the 15,000, and um, five months, five hours, I was happy. Five months later, I missed the top goal scorer at one goal. Behind Phil Masinga. Yeah, Phil Masinga, uh, 21, and me, 22, and Pinet Masinga at 23. And then you went to Sundowns. How do you look back at the time you spent in Sundowns? Well, Sundowns was good. Um, uh, just me and the coach, uh, Skrima Zabalala, um, he was a bit racist. Um, reason is that um, I was always on the bench scoring goals and then he wouldn't start me. And I went to him. I said, coach, do you have a problem with me? And he said, yeah, yeah, we play ping pong, wapa, wapa, what, that? <laughs> and I, yeah, this is not Cosmos. I said, listen here. Don't come with that. Me, I want to score goals. Give me the ball. But, you know, at the end of the day, I always believed that I had a gift. And um, when it came to what I believed in, it was my opinion. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't get along, and then I think still a month ago, I even got them last minute. I remember we played against Hellenic mm-hmm. and, uh, oh. it's in the Bob Safe, yeah. And um, we played Amazulu the week before, and I scored a hat trick against Amazulu. And the week before, I scored two. So in two games, I scored five. And he said to me, in Cape Town, don't worry, you don't need to stru- uh, change because I might not uh, uh, bring you on. Wow. And I was like, how, oh, man, you serious? I scored five goals in two games. After I'm a Zulu, I had trick, you're telling me this. And then when I came back, um, I asked him if I can come back the Tuesday. He said, no, 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 don't worry, come back the Thursday mm. uh, from Cape Town. So I was happy, but when I came back the Thursday, he was speaking the language with the players and said, ah, you see this one? He thinks now he made us win and now he wants to come on a Thursday. And I said, but coach, you said it. And I think we didn't get along. I took my bags and uh, I left back to Cape Town. 
Wow, Mark, that's wow. Was it because you didn't fit into their style of play? Was it because there was suspicion about players coming from Cape Town? They always say they struggle to settle here. Well, me, I, I didn't. Uh, if, I don't think there's a lot of players that would even settle in China. And for me to be the Sixers, so if you talk about uh, players, uh, I know it was difficult for some of them, but I never looked at it. I always looked at the opportunity. Mm. And uh, for me, was that. I then do understand when I went back to Cape Town, you know, um, I've already had input in Joburg. I didn't know what it is, why these players walk chest out, like I mentioned earlier, because mm. I got my signing on fee at Cosmos. I got my <laughs> signing on fee at Sundowns. So when I went to Hellenic, when I came out of Hellenic's office, I walked chest out and the players didn't understand. But because I got my 85000 uh, signing on fee and that was my first house I bought my mother wow. when I saw this house five years ago when I was running down um, on the M5 from Musenberg to Kenworth I looked at this house in Plumstead and I said one day I want to buy that house so five years later my dream came thanks God I bought that first house for my mother that cost that 85,000 signing on fee wow that's a great story you then went to Belgium were you when we, when we looked at the record, you scored a few goals there in Belgium. Yeah, look, um, it, it, obviously I was in Brussels. There was two teams. Anderlecht is the number one yeah. team in Brussels. Obviously, uh, Tau is playing now for Bruce. Bruce was the number two, and then you know. But it was for me uh, going down there to Belgium is that um, I then made a deal with Hellenic. If I become the top goal scorer, I want a, I want a trial, and obviously I got the trial and I went to Belgium. I stayed there for three years. Mm. Uh, which were it was very good the language was a bit different but for somebody that could only speak um Africans, I could speak about a friends with Paula Francie and things like that uh -huh. so uh, it, it was a nice outing for the first time when I see snow you know the roads and the, the roofs and and yeah for me it was just amazing but uh, it, it taught me a lot yeah and then to Wolves. I remember your first game at Wolves because we all stayed up to watch Mark Williams <laughs> at Wolves. He's laughing because we all know what happened if you were there. I don't know how old. It was, 90, well, it was 95, 96. 95. Yeah, but I was very young then. But all I remember was that Mark Williams got the ball. It went under his feet. Do you remember that? I, I Were you nervous? I, I probably do, but uh, you know things like that. Uh, you know, as a player, you 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 intend to forget about it because that nerves, <laughs> it just nerves that yeah. kicks in. But yeah, that story. Um, I remember that um, one of the guys at the pub uh, in Belgium came to me and said to me, "Hey, why are you playing for the small team and why do you play for a big team?" And I looked at him. You know, went to an English pub in Brussels, and I said, "Who's your team?" He said, "Wolves." And I said, "Well, if you can get me a trial, I'll go." And the guy phoned me the Monday and said, I've got the trial. Can you go on Wednesday? And I said, are you serious? He said, yes. So I, I had to come up with a story. I went to the club and I said, uh, there's a funeral in, in South Africa, oh. but I'll be back Saturday <laughs> for the game. And um, they said, okay, no problem. I made a U-turn, went on the plane. They paid for everything. And um, I end up in Wolves, uh, I think 45 minutes. I, I trained with the players, I played a game, and the coach called me one side, which was Graham, uh, Graham Taylor. Yes, May yes, soul rest yes, in yes, peace yes. because he passed on two years ago. And he said, I'm happy with what I've seen so far. And um, just go and do your medical, and then we sign you. I'm going to give you a three-year contract. And don't worry about the clubs. We'll pay the clubs everything what it was. It was amazing because I went there to for a medical test, and I remember there was only one player. Mm. Before I came, the guy was, was called Ruth, Ruth Gullet. Mm -hmm. uh, he played for Holland, if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. Mm -hmm. He's the only player they signed that had two operations on his knee. If you've got two operations on your knee, it doesn't matter who you are, they won't sign you, they mm -hmm. won't pass that medical uh, test. 
and um, that that's what happened to me. And I went back to the coach. I said, no, the the, the doctor, he said he's, he's refusing to sign because I've got two operations on my knee. And he said, go get the paper. And, uh, you know, like the English mentality, I went to go get the paper and he signed it. <laughs> wow. Quick one. Oh, you went to Brazil. It wasn't long, but how do you look at the experience in Brazil with Corinthians? Wow, wow, wow. Football-mad country. What an experience, you know, playing against these Romarios and the Ronaldos and Babetos. But yeah, I think that uh, I had a one-year, three, uh, one-year, six-month contract, which I only played for the six months there. Mm. Uh, my first playing at the Maracanã, which is about 135,000. Yeah. You know, you, you ask yourself, where's all these people coming from? <laughs> it was amazing, amazing. The football is all technique technique and and skill they yeah. believe that if you uh have to play in that you need to be as good as they are and um but it was a great experience and then chiefs well chiefs was then um when i then came 96 refusing that uh, si- uh that contract that wolves offered me yeah. the two million pounds interior not to play in the fcon cup yeah. i then went back to wolves after the fcon cup and the, the the coach said he had to make a decision he brought in another player from australia they paid him the two million and the three-year contract, and I needed to fight for my position. And I said I don't mind. But after two months, uh, uh, they changed a new coach, and this coach made a guy called Steve Bull. Mm. Steve Bull is a oh, legend at Wolf. Yeah, they made him captain, and then I knew I'm gonna play again on the wing. And I wasn't happy. I said I want to leave, and they said no problem. Professional, the way they run it in England. I then said if I can get my clearance, this will be my goal. They, I had a one-year contract. They gave me my clearance, and I said. There's only two teams I can come and play. It's Pirates or Chiefs. Mm. I then came to South Africa uh, being the hero. And that first week when I came back, I think it was February, March, and March and April, mm. people were writing from a hero to a zero. You know how our medias are. And I'm like, okay. Um, but look, uh, that's how media people are. You need to understand them. And um, I then went to uh, Burakai and I said to Kaiser, um, if I'm going to sign, I want to sign a month-to-month contract. Mm. We're not going to talk about my clearance. My clearance will belong to me. If I want to leave, you don't you don't owe anything. And he agreed to that. And um, I played for Kaiser Chiefs. We then played in that where the African champions and the mm. world champions played in Saudi Arabia, mm. where Clive got sacked, actually. <laughs> yes, yes, he told yeah. us that story. <laughs> so um, while we're sitting there, I didn't play the first game. I didn't play the second game. And then um, Mr. Koza called me one side, uh, Ivan Koza, mm. the chairman. Uh, he said to me, oh, sorry, there's people that want to see you. And um, he said, but you can use my my uh, my room. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, okay, no problem. Uh, and I w- went there and it was uh, the Sheikh of Saudi Arabia, which is now the king. Because mm. he was the owner of, because uh, the prince then. And he said to me, Mark, uh, do you have an injury? Why are you not playing for the European, for the for your Bafana team? Mm. We haven't seen you after that uh, 96. And I was also surprised since that two goals I scored, I never played for Bafana. Mm. And I went to Clive Barker because that's how close we were as a family. I said, coach, are you going to play me? He said, well, you know, Mark, I, I don't know. Um, I said, listen here, coach, you don't know what. You see those people up there. They want to see me. If it's two minutes, five minutes, I just mm. want to see if I'm right. So tell me now so I can take out the jersey and go tell them. He said, okay, can I give you five, ten minutes? I said, whatever you give me, so just let me know. And um, eventually I went on uh, against Czech Republic. Um, first opportunity, round the keeper, hit the crossbar, second one down the wing. And um, I signed the contract off the field. They said, no, they're happy. Wow. They, because they thought I had an injury. They said, no, we're happy. And um, 
We signed the contract. I came to Chiefs. And I said, guys, I'm going to have to love. And, and uh, Mr. Mutahun said, Mark, please, I've got two games left mm. in the Rotman's Cup. It's Wits and Sundowns. Mm. Please, can you play? And um, I said, no, look, these people want me. But I made a co contract, everything, signing on fee, transfer, whatever. I said, on one condition, I'll play. If, because FIFA came in with the rule that the clubs, when it's a transfer fee, mm. can the money can only go from club to club. Mm -hmm. Because before the club, the, the players' agents used to take the oh, money. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I then said to Burakai, okay, remember my contract because I've got my clearance. If you accept this money on behalf of me and put it in a Kaiser Chiefs fund, I will then play the Rotman's Cup semifinals and final, and I'll win it on one condition that you take the transfer fee from this club, and that's <laughs> what he did. He signed it in black and white, and uh, Mark Williams scored in the semifinals and win it in the finals against Sundowns. <laughs> what a story. And off what to Saudi Arabia after that. <laughs> and then you spent so much time in China. Why did you stay for so long in China? Did you, is that where you enjoyed your football? <laughs> to be honest, you know what? I, I, I thought that I was going to play. Um, after that, um, it was a tragic 97. My mother passed uh, on. Yeah. Mm. And um, I think that was made a big hole. I didn't want to play any more soccer. I then got an offer from a guy from America to come and play in America. This was a year later. And I said, I think a year and a half, and I said, no, look, I'm not interested. He said, look here, first look at my offer, and then um, you make a decision. Mm. I then look at this offer, and as I'm about, somebody else from me from China said, whatever they're giving you, we'll give you three times. <laughs> and um, I went to the guy from America. I said, listen, here. unfortunately, this is what's happening, but I've got a player for you. His name is Sean Bartlett. Mm. This is the future striker. Ah, ah, and that's how Sean went to America. Went to America yeah, 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 and me, I went to China. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. Okay, we're going to get into Bafana Bafana, but we just <laughs> thought we should trace Mark Williams' journey uh, for the young ones. We like to educate on this show. I'm going to get, I'm going to your voice notes, actually. Let's go to the voice notes now that are coming through. Tabi so yeah. I just want to comment and say that in your studio, you've got a legend. Mark Williams, patriotism, it has when it goes. I salute you, my leader. I think we need people like him to be among our coaching staff, especially at the national level. People who still have the passion. You know, 1996, your Mark Williams, your Mark Fish, and everybody else, you know, all that team, I think they were the epitome of our success as South African nation. So I just want to greet him and wish him all the best for his future endeavors. Thank you. Thanks for that. On Twitter, Mputi says, Mark Williams has gone through a lot. I am enjoying um, his interview. Mapala says, Mark Williams is a cup-winning striker. Bafana, Bafana, no. And so does Kaiser Chiefs. We've got a call from Ferriene Heng. Khabo, thanks for holding on. Good evening. Good evening, Tyson. Good evening to Mark. Uh, good evening. Um, I think you, uh, uh, so you've got a real legend there. You know, uh, you know that man has made us proud. Every time I, I, I watch the video, 1996, I, I feel very much proud. You know, I see that we, we had a, a real talent, and they were they were very committed, you know, to the cause. And um, uh, you know, and, and also as, as one of your, your voice notes has put it, he, he, the man was, uh, uh, you know, a very strong character. He's gone through mm -hmm. a lot. But my, my, my question for for Mark, two quick ones. The, the first one, what is his view uh, you know, on, on what Peter is saying? You know, he just said that we need to start neutral, uh, citizen neutralization of 
you know, those uh, talented guys that are not from South Africa, you know. Mm-hmm. Does he think that you've reached that point, you know, uh, of, you know, uh, talent deficit that you need to neutralize players from outside? And uh, 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 the second one, on a letter note, uh, you know, Dr. Kumal always wants to joke and say that, you know, uh, Mark uh, owe him for the rest of his life for that champagne pass that he picked out to him in, in the final. And he even said that Mark was supposed to fill it, uh, you know, to share his bonus with him for that pass. He made him shy. Uh, and, and, and yeah, thanks. Uh, thank Great you. call, Cabo. We'll get Mark to answer that. And uh, on social media, Richard says, I love his analysis of the game. Mark is a very good person and is not selfish. And uh, Shikisha Eric says, this man remembers everything in his career. What a true legend you have let's take one more voice note is it there good evening Taviso. we are saluting that man mark williams he he, he played a, a big role to bafana bafana uh, with uh, johnny mieti dr kumalo helman kelele all those guys so keep it up uh, Buti, uh mark williams we are respecting you, Sandile in Devon. Thanks for that, Sandile. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll let Mark respond after this. this. Okay, let's get Mark to answer those questions. Mark, they want to know what's your take on what Pizza has said about Sirino uh, being considered for Bafana Bafana being neutralized? You know what? The other day, actually, before Pizza said it, it went through my mind that, um, you know, sometimes these players that come and play in our country, because a lot of other countries uh, do that and change their nationality into. Um, South Africa. But when we have so much talent also in our country, are we developing develop it the right way? Um, I can do and I can understand because, you know, as a coach, we want to see that we have the best players. But at the end of the day, before we do that, we first need to get our development structure ready before we look at uh, getting other players. But, you know, we haven't been scoring regularly in that department. I even was thinking of Nokovic. Nokovic from Kaisers, mm-hmm. he hasn't played. We need a physical, a physical player. But we got. We just need to make sure that we get players like myself, Jerry's Casano, that played at Noel Cousins, Saint McGregor, and teach these guys mm. to make sure that as a striker coach, this is what you need to do. And that department don't have. I went and said, I want to be a striker coach. Did you do that at Supersport? I did it at Supersport. I did it with Prince Kumalo, and um, mm. a year later he became the second top goal scorer oh. in in at Ajax. And then obviously Kevin Johnson left, but uh, you know sometimes people are more scared of me just doing my job and mm. thinking that I want the coach's job. Mm. Uh, I just focus in what I believe that it's my talent and what I'm good at. Is it a role that's undermined the strikers' coach because every team has a goalkeeper coach? Yeah, well I think that people just assume that um, you know that strikers need uh, they scoring goals, but you find out after one year that that guy's not really a striker; just had a lucky year because it's <laughs> something that needs to be consistent week in, week out, week. In. And when strikers don't score, that's where you, as a coach or as a player that scored, can come and share uh, stories about him and tell him, you know what? There was this time when I didn't score, but don't fight. Make sure you're at the right places mm. at the right time. The ball will come as long as you work towards it. Mm. And you got the talent, you'll score. But sometimes we're chasing and you'll chase sometimes finding you're chasing nothing because that's not your right position. Okay. We've got something we want to play for you, Mark Williams, and we want to get your thoughts on this. Let's go. Ah, Kamalo. <laughs> There's Fish with a backheader. Off the post. Tinkler came off there. They've done it. Williams got in there. The pressure paid off. 
these two towering men causing the initial damage by their height and at last they waited a long long time for this and there he is Nelson Mandela how often have we seen him doing that now in these tournaments beautiful tackle racing through there's a great chance that's it Williams two goals in two minutes and this man remains remarkably calm the substitute has had a glorious finish it has put South Africa right out of sight it's the kind of penetration they've lacked in the game. from the bench Mark Williams I can see the smile on your face you can you are reliving those moments earlier in the interview you mentioned something about never forgetting seeing Nelson Mandela's face and actually the commentator refers to that what was it about that moment for you um on that final actually because uh, Madiba used to come every morning at six o'clock before we play a game and um, I remember that uh, that sort of Pacific morning I was late uh, because Neil Tovey always used to be the first one and Madiba came and I thought if I take the lift I'm going to be with the president it's rather better I take the stairs so that I can be there but as I take the stairs and I come up yeah the president comes up and um, yeah he, he looked at me and he's like good morning Mark and I'm like, wow, the, the president knows my name, yeah. you know. And um, he said, uh, and he looked at me and he said, today you're going into war. No matter what happened, the nation is behind you. Wow. And they hugged me. And when they hugged me, uh, that was it. I don't know what happened afterwards. Do you owe they, Dr. Kumalo your bonus? Uh, no, Dr. Kumalo should say thank you for me because a lot of times midfielders play balls to strikers but they hit the post. <laughs> so he could be lucky play to somebody that knows how to finish. They call him the predator. <laughs> now, let's get this out the way. Folklore, you were on the bench for the final. Folklore has it that you are probably not even going to play. But then you pulled the trick. You pulled one up on Clive Barker. You apparently stretched your leg while you were on the bench and the crowd went crazy and they thought you were coming on, but you were not coming on. Were you doing that intentionally? Yeah, well, because of all my experience and I knew that um, there was something I needed to do on this day. Mm. I, I put on my jersey and I looked and Arantza in the morning while we, we get the, the, the warm-up jersey and Arantza looked at me funny and he's like, Williams, uh, you're not starting. Because you started in the semi. Uh, yeah, because I played in the semi, yeah. so I just assumed. But I was, Clive selected the team and I was there. Because after that meeting with Madiba, meeting at 6 o'clock, we then had breakfast and then pre-match meal. And I was there, but was there and wasn't because uh, I remember uh, my families and people praying for me on, on, the, on the phone and saying good luck for today. Mm. And something took over spiritually, took over. We mustn't be shy, you know, because I said I'm a great believer and that was it. Uh, I was there and I wasn't there. But when I came to the dressing room, I put on my jersey and just assumed that I was playing. And Orenza looked at me he's like, hey, Baba, you're not playing because I like to sit in the corner. And I thought maybe he's choking. But I thought, let me just count the players and see who's got all the warm-up jerseys. Mm. And while I'm counting, ta -ra, ta -ra, and I'm like, hey, there's 12. So I took out my jersey quick, you know. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, my goodness, I was, uh, I'm actually on the bench. But yeah, as it went on, uh, first off, there was 0-0. Zero, zero. Mm. And I thought that if there is something that I needed to do, it is going to have to do, be today. Because FMB, where you're sitting, it's almost like a box. Yeah. 
So you need, if you want to, if you sit on the corner, there's a way that people can see you. But I was sitting right in the mirror. It's almost like they were boxing me mm. not to come on. And um, I see Clive looking at Phil and, 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 and Phil Jones and he's saying, what is the thing we must be put on? Mm. But I'm looking onto the field, but on my side, I'm looking at them also, mm. you know, discussing. And I'm like, okay. And I thought he meant me and he said, Helman Makalele. Oh. Yeah, and uh, Helman went on. And then... Phil, uh, may his soul rest in peace. What a great uh, striker I played with. Mm. Probably one of the best I played. And uh, Phil got injured, yeah. And um, they told me to warm up when he got injured. So I warmed up mm. and then he got up again and I came sit. Oh. So I thought, well, Mark, there is something like if you believe it's your day, then you're going to have to start doing whatever you believe. And it wasn't that I was disrespecting. I just believe that you know, this thing that I believe in, it's so powerful. Whatever I'm going to do, it's going to go with what I need to do for the day. And um, I was sitting in the middle and John Wetty was sitting in the corner there. And I thought, if I can get to the corner and then look at the coach and he doesn't look my way and I can stretch my leg. So if my leg comes out and put my head out, ah, maybe one of the guys will see me. And eventually I moved to the corner. And I put my head out, but I first look at the coach, you know, so he doesn't see me. But I'm making like I'm stretching also just in case. And, um, yeah, I think that once I did that, one guy saw me and one guy from another guy, it was 5,000 wheelie, free wheelie, 10,000, <laughs> 20,000 wheelie, free wheelie. And then I realized, hey, that must be my name. So I put in my leg quickly. <laughs> And I'm sitting straight and I'm looking now from the side of my eye. What are they talking? And I can see now they're talking. Hey, listen, yeah. And uh, the second time, uh, uh, one of the strikers got injured. Uh, he dropped again. Mm. And, um, uh, and well, I thought, no, this is my time. And then, of course, he didn't get up. Uh, he got up. Mm. And as he got up, you know, I was like about to get up. And uh. I thought, you know what? I'm going to do something here that I need to do. Mm. And just assume that I heard that the coach said I must warm up. <laughs> and I got up and I warmed up. I warmed up and the crowd, crowd was crazy. 80,000, 90,000 shouting. So you as a coach, what do you do? <laughs> so by the time I came back, Clive was like Williams and I was already warmed up. <laughs> like, come here. <laughs> what have you just done? Yeah, um, he didn't say that. He just said, okay, um, I must go on. But look, like when I heard it from Jomo, he said that it was a decision from the technical staff oh. that they had to make sure that they, they're going to bring on something that's mentally, physical, prepared, that can take it that's not going to be able to, st that doesn't start and going to be sulky mm. and thinking that I would probably be the best I one. See. So um, that is what I heard from the technical side, but I thought that this is something that I need to do for me <laughs> and for what I believed. I worked all these years. And yeah, two minutes onto the game, uh, I worked, but I said I, 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 I left something and I took out my teeth for the first time and I wanted to be like a predator, you know, because I played in Saudi Arabia, so I know these people kiss the grass, yeah. but maybe when they see me, they won't pick me up because I look so mean. <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, two minutes onto the field, scored the first goal and everybody ran to me. And as I turned around, Mark Fee saw me without the teeth and he ran the other way. <laughs> but uh, that's his story. But yeah, uh, two minutes later, I scored that second goal and then I realized, oh, I looked up to Madiba and I saw tears of joy coming out of his eyes. And um, I remember that that's, that is today what happened this morning. I remember meeting him. And um, then I realized, oh, it's not, I'm not dreaming. It is real. Yeah. I'm back here. And that out, yeah, that was it. Yeah.
Mark, you talk about a lot of belief that you had in yourself for the final, but before the tournament, what were the expectations of this Bafana Bafana team at a home Africa Cup of Nations? No, we didn't believe in it. We just said, guys, if we can come to the quarterfinals, we'll be happy. But then we said, guys, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. We had so much character in the team Mm. because when this one said no, that one is a challenge. This one said no. And I think sometimes if you don't have character, Mm. it's a lot of things that you're going to miss out in the game because it starts with that. That's what I believe. The most quiet players sometimes they, they can be how quiet you need to be verbal and um, then that the 95 guys supported us and mm-hmm. we then said guys this is it we in the semi-final we playing Ghana Ghana was besides Cameroon we played that first game we beat them so we then said listen here let's do it for our nice let's do it for our country mm-hmm. if we can beat Ghana on a Wednesday after, uh, night, mm. we can do it. And I played with Sean Bartlett. I believe he scored a great goal also in that semifinals. You know, he came his yeah. first game, yeah. And, um, and those shoes. Yeah, and then shoes, you know, with that magic dribbling past two players and lock it in. And, um, yeah, then we believe that, you know what? It is in our backyard. We are so close. We are in the finals. It might might sound like a dream. Mm. And I even met the, the rugby guys that Friday night because I went out. Uh, for a drink uh, before the finals mm. and I met them so they were supporting us Wow talking about the rugby guys I mean we saw how crazy it was when they came back from Japan last year uh, when they won the World Cup last year for those who were not around in 96 how was it after you won the, the, the cup in well, South Africa um, I think uh, yeah, when you know it was and I, that's why I think maybe Rob gave me the name or whatever but mm. uh, 95 yeah 95 uh, was a great feeling but I still believe that white people didn't sort of understand uh, the mentality of black people and things like that. But I think when 96, when we won the FCON Cup, I've never seen so many white people jumping on people in the seats, celebrating. And that is what the whole chain started. Because I think my deepest words is that sports can bring a nation yes. together. So what I've, 96 made was wait, the South African white people believe that this is the new South Africa. Whoa. Let's go to the voice notes. So many people enjoying this interview. Dr. Phil in midstream says, what a lovely interview with the legend Mark Williams. I'm truly, truly enjoying it. And uh, somebody says there's a lot of truth in what Mark Williams is uh, saying here in this interview tonight. And may God bless him. Let's go to the voice notes. Evening, the Tabis Tulani from Milan. Can Mark just go to South? Just tell them, I want to work for South for strikers or maybe open an academy for strikers because hey we're struggling and here in south africa we take things for granted as you have said goalkeepers have coaches but strikers don't have midfielders don't have the boy and uh, girl needs to find his way or her way to be one of the best very passionate conversation there thanks to lani from Holland. thanks to lani but i would say why suffer not coming to mark williams Hey, Mark? Yeah, no, I, I agree what you're saying. But, you know, I think that because I was a um, South African beach soccer coach and I did it because I had a passion, the yes, love. I, I thought also that. that people can come through any out each other way. I think Mbata is one of those players. There was three players that I developed to play now for uh, PSL teams. But, you know, my passion is actually the, the, the grass, the grass football. And um, I went to the chairman and uh, I spoke to Daniel Dan and he said to me that I must go back to beach soccer. So, um, oh. you know, when somebody, when you go and you say, I want to be part of Bafana structure and they tell you, no, you must do beach soccer. I can't take that. So wow. um, I, I, I don't know how they look at it. Um, it's like somebody asked me the other day, if, if, you, if somebody comes up to you now 
would you be take, able to take the Bafana coach, a job as a Bafana coach? At first, I would have said no, but now, with all the experience, I've had so many coaches, I've, I've been so with many mentality. I think it's probably for me the most easier job because it's what you learn and what you achieve that you have to give back to the youth. It's not something that it's in the book. It's something that comes from the brain. So now, Mark, why has South African football failed to capitalize from the success of 96 when you guys did so much? Well, first of all, I think that, you know, after uh, we played um, in the... Um, in the, when, when Clive Barker got sacked. Yes. I think we played in, in Saudi, Saudi Arabia, Arabia yeah. Yes. And then Neil Tovey got uh, also sacked. I think Eric Tinklow, Linda Butelez was out. Myself, we didn't play. So um, my thing came, I remember that for me is that when you break the spine of a team, mm-hmm. you must be very careful how you fix it. It's the same like a person's body. Because if you want to get that person, if he's crippled, it comes with the spine, how you fix it and how you try and, and make sure. So when they did that, without noticing that they're breaking a spine, you know, to fix that spine, it takes them till 24 years, yesterday or whatever, am I talking like that? And um, um, it's not a good thing. I know how I got my number 11 jersey. There was a guy yeah. called Harold Lachaud. He played for Sundowns. Jersey Queen. Jersey Queen. And he came to me and I said, hey, I won the jersey. He looked at me and said, my boy. My boy, if you won the jersey, the day I think you deserve it, mm. you will have it. Mm. And um, But prove it to me. And I remember playing, playing. And after four months he came, or after a year, whatever, he looked at me and he said he wanted to announce something in the dressing room. Wow. And um, he came and he said Go to coach, he said, I don't know who was the coach, he said, listen here, I just want to give the jersey to somebody that deserves it. To Mark Williams, and wow. um, yeah, that was hey, that was hey, it was powerful, and that is what we didn't do because when we left, you know, all these players that had that that character, mm. then people just came in and and didn't know what that jersey meant. Yeah. For me to get to get that jersey from uh, from from Herald whoever was going to get that jersey, he was going to have to earn it. Mm. So when you break that spine and that whole structure. It's going to take a while to fix it. And um, not that we don't have uh, better players. It's just that you need to know why you're playing for your country. And I think a lot of our players know at that stage yeah. why okay. they're playing. I need to go to a voice note quickly here, Mark. I've been told to play it before we finish. Hey, Katlejo. What a show, man, with Mark Williams, my brother. I will never forget the brace of the AFCON final 1996. I was a commentator for Channel Africa during that tournament. But uh, the highlight was to see Neil Tovey, the Minister of Sport, Steve Chwete and Nelson Mandela lifting the trophy. If Madiba were alive, he would say to Mark, "Uh, Mark, my son, we will never forget what you have done for our country what you and the rest of the legends did for our nation is incomparable and uh, for me standing side by side with your captain Neil Tovey and uh, our first minister of sport 
Steve Twata, celebrating with the Rainbow Nation that proved that sport can unite a nation. Whatever happens today, we want to tell you, Mark Williams, we will never forget what you did for South Africa. I thank you. We thank you. No one speaks after Madiba. Do you know who that is, Mark? Yeah, well, Patko, <laughs> you know what? It's uh, it's amazing because uh, what a gentleman. Yeah. And I just say that uh, the way he left the game because what he has done also, remember the supporters just yes, having that. Yes. But yeah, I just, you know, I think that Bafana was a team. Uh, mm. uh, 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 it was like a family. Yeah. You know, each and everybody understood what the, the core were. And it, there was nobody bigger than the game. And um, we just wanted to make sure that at the end of the day that we bring that cup to the to the nation. And um, yeah, and you did. And people and will did. never forget how you make them feel. We're going to have to leave it there, Mark. Thanks for giving us some of your time. Really appreciate it.